Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. When you can script sports like the WWE there's a villain and there's a hero, right? That's how it works. The demo. I'm enjoying Drinkwitz becoming like the spur at Duke of this generation, right? And SI's Pat Forty. Wisconsin plays Eastern Michigan on September 11th. They may tear down the goalposts if they win that game. <laughs> Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Uh, I think we all watched, even Pete, did you watch any of the PGA Championship on Sunday? I watched a little bit. I watched a little bit. Watched some the, good golf. The end certainly was more engaged than normal. I'm the least golf-centric uh, here. Yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are excited. It was a great, great victory for Phil Mickelson. But one of the things I was excited about was the absolute madhouse that enveloped Phil Mickelson on the 18th fairway. Really, the whole event is they were just crowding around him and yelling, and, and it was great. They're trying to rattle. They were trying to uh, rattle Brooks Kepka a little bit. I mean, there was a lot of shouts at Brooks very rare in golf community golf crowds golf crowds are like puppy dogs they'll they'll come to anybody <laughs> like they just they just cheer for good shots you're like you're rooting for the other yeah. guy why are you rooting for this guy to hit the putt i don't get it. they're right. so polite this one was <laughs> south carolina turned out man they <laughs> they seemed sunburnt and drunk and um we're we're, we're rowdy um but i i think one of the things that it showed me not that i had any doubt is by fall I mean, and, and then later that night at Madison Square Garden, they had 15,000 people at a Knicks game. So that's indoors in the middle of Manhattan. But by fall, every stadium, 100% capacity, every tailgate, 100% capacity. This sucker is, for all purposes of the general public, there'll still be people getting sick and dying. I'm not, don't, don't at me with some CDC thing. But for our purposes, <laughs> I'm going to get killed for this. We're back, baby. College <laughs> football 2021 is going to be good. It's going to be it. It's take your trip. Schedule the trip you didn't take in 2020. Buy your tickets. It's going to be every stadium full, every uh, tailgate full, everything. Right? Am I am I wrong, oh, Pat? No. You are you're 100% correct. That I think this last weekend was kind of like, okay, we're done here. And maybe we shouldn't be done here, but we're done here. <laughs> like, if you're vaccinated, I'm fine, man. Do what you want to do. That's why we got vaccinated, right? And that's why we got everybody to try to get on board with this. Uh, but I watched that 
And I just I think Memorial Weekend is going to be one of the most celebrated America's ever had. People are going to be out and just having the, a great time. And I think it's going to carry through the summer. And Dan, you are absolutely correct. The football season is going to be as festive as any we have ever seen, maybe the most, just because people are going to be so overjoyed to get back to what they love and doing it in big, loud, large numbers. And hopefully it all goes off without, you know, total catastrophe. I don't think it will. I mean, I think we're going to be fine, you know, as, as, as a whole. So I'm, I'm, very excited for this football season, for sure. Well, living in South Boston, Dan, as uh, you can attest, uh, I have a window into one of America's preeminent drinking communities. And uh, empirical <laughs> evidence, I certainly haven't taken any data, but visual uh, anecdotal evidence uh, wandering around in the last week or two, there is just new levels of intoxication that people, in, even in South Boston, uh, <laughs> you know, the place with the most famous St. Patrick's Day party in the country and the whole thing, I, I mean, 4.30 in the afternoon, walk into the grocery store on Saturday to pick something up for dinner. And like, there's literally a guy peeing in the street, just like like a random bro, 24-year-old, <laughs> like not, you know, <laughs> yes, if, if he had any affliction, it was only bad fashion. And just like stumbling down the street, stops and just pees right there. And I was just like, man going for it you know like it was yeah it's been uh there's been two or three two or three moments like that where it's just been like okay this is gonna this is gonna happen and people around here certainly are bracing for uh the, the chaos of memorial day but to, to to look ahead can you imagine just people like college football fans are ritualistic right so the college roommates who haven't seen each other the ones who didn't get graduation and are going to come back for the big game to tailgate all of the muscle memory of Saturday celebrations that we have and cherish in college football are only going to be amplified by what was missing last year um so yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be bananas yeah i think it's going to be wilder than ever buy your tickets i think there, there'll be an attendance increase you take something away and all of a sudden, you know, that that, you know, sometimes you sit there with a game and you're like, ah, it's all day. I don't know the traffic, whatever it is in your place. I don't have the month, whatever. All of a sudden they take it, the option away and you're like, I got to go. Like, I, yeah. I want to get back to that, you know, and, and college football. What makes it so special is everything. The few, the games are great. But if you want to watch the best football, there's another level to watch. And most people do. But you watch this in part because of the community, pageantry, the atmosphere. And, you know, you think about all the people who tailgate and stay in the same areas or sit in the same spots in stadiums yeah. and know sort of the people around them or know them really well and haven't seen mm -hmm. them in in a in a year. Um, a lot of tickets, uh, especially at big schools, are handed down through generations it's like, you know, this is my grandfather picked these seats out at Ohio Stadium on the 25 yard line. And, you know, and, and mm -hmm. this is still our group. And so I just think it's going to be absolutely wild this fall. And and I was expecting that. Um, obviously, most of the schools have been saying we're going to be back. But that scene, I think it, I think it was just because that scene was so crazy for golf. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. man, people are amped. Like People are yeah. freaking amped. That crowd was nuts. Like. And he was like, man, don't hurt Phil. <laughs> right on the I was yeah. like, he's going to like break his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. The one dude just reaches up and grabs him by yeah. both shoulders. Like, oh, my gosh. He's like, about God, to win God. at age 50. 
You're gonna just injure him. Just because he's approachable doesn't mean you get to approach him while he's playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But whatever. Hey, it was great. Has there ever been great. a scene like that in golf? Like I, I'm not a well, Tiger, Tiger won an event uh a couple years ago and they lost control of the crowd and they came swarming in behind him, but they were not surrounding him and Kepka like that. Um, there was still a little bit of like it, it was a huge gat, like an uh, they used to call it Arnie Arnie's army. So I don't, you know, I'm using the term army, but it was like an army walking behind Tiger. It was just people were so excited yeah. Tiger Woods was about to win. When he won the Masters, the Masters, like the security at the Masters, uh, you you got a better shot at like making a run through the you know the the, the uh, rose garden <laughs> and not getting shot than like stepping out of line at the uh, at the Masters. So that's a lot more subdued of a crowd. There's no running, everything. But this was just, I mean, security was just like, I don't know what to do. People are like, yeah. those security guards got it. Like, what are you going to do with this crowd? Like, go ahead. Get the Paris that was, Island. It was uh, the, like the British Open. They will let everybody come up the 18th like that. But the British Open crowds are different, too. Now, they're, they're into golf, but they're not. This looked like a football crowd. You know, of like, we are just barely containing what's going on here. And I do think folks were so excited to be there and be out there in big numbers and then to have Mickelson winning, too, that it was, I mean, that was pushing it to the edge of what golf security, I think, is equipped to handle. I am predicting more field stormings and goalposts this Uh, year. Oh, yeah. Everything. Because I think, Pete, you had kind of a good point there. It's like. This is the summer of like, hell yeah, I'm having another. Yes. Like, hell, you know, and I think that was the crowd. Like they were just one to two beers too many. And it was just like, ah, Tafel's going to win. Of course, I'm going to have another beer. Right. And they all went bananas. So I think it's going to be absolute bananas in college football this year. And I am loving it. <laughs> Wisconsin might, might Wisconsin plays Eastern Michigan on September 11th. They may tear down the goalposts if they win that game. <laughs> you know, I mean, it may just like pick your most excited fan base and give them any reason to storm the field. Look at <laughs> Remember Wisconsin's Supreme Court in the middle of COVID ruled that you couldn't shut down bars. Yes. That was my favorite, yeah. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> legal decision of the yeah. year. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah, uh, elected officials. It's against the law to shut down. Butters their butter. <laughs> yeah, it's like keep, keep the keep the bars open. Thank you, Wisconsin Supreme Court. I don't know what the legal basis for that was. I don't care. So anyway, all right, let's get to this story. Uh, really good job by Alex Scarborough, ESPN. We good good off season coach lamenting story. It's May. It's perfect <sighs> for this. Tampering has arrived in college football, and it looks like NBA free agency. Probably not the best head- headline because NBA free agency is actually quite popular. But the great quotes in here, a lot of, lot of concern about this transfer portal, poaching. The cheaters just keep cheating. With one player last a high school coach, prominent high school coach, one player last season, I got four calls from four different conferences. Is he happy? They're not using them like we would use them. Uh, these are big name schools. I power five coach described it as a the wild, wild west. Uh, we had some pretty good, uh, let's see, ACC assistant. You have teams trying to poach kids. That's a lot of shady blank going on. And then we had some good on the record. You always find a couple guys that go on the record. My favorite was a pod friend of the pod, Eli Drinkwitz, who declared that uh, someone said that the NCA should start investigating these. He's like, 
What kind of, he just said that it's impossible. What kind of ferociousness is behind the enforcement if you have people on tape admitting to violations and they're still actively coaching? <laughs> <laughs> Will Wade. Hey, Will, Will Wade, Wade how are this, you doing? Intrasport. Inter- Will Wade is just this barometer of like, look, they won't even punish this guy. <laughs> I don't even think like uh, that's so obvious. I don't even think Greg Sankey would be mad at that. Greg Sankey probably agrees with him. Oh no, there's no way he's mad at it. <laughs> How the hell is he still coaching? Literally everybody's just like ah, that guy still working. Yeah. Okay. I like there are no rules. I'm enjoying Drinkwitz becoming like the spur at Duke of this generation, right? Like just the guy who's like not yeah. afraid to say what's on his mind. Not afraid to poke a few bears. Like he went on the, was it a Royals broadcast the other night? <laughs> it took a jab at Lance Leipold at Kansas just for fun. Like, yeah, he's he is Love not it. taking himself Love too it. seriously. So thank God for that. Yeah. Love it. Go Mizzou. See, it's that Lake of the Ozark. Oh, man. Lake of the Ozarks it this is weekend. Shady Gators. Oh, My son is spending Memorial Weekend at uh, Lake of the Ozarks. I oh, asked boy. if he was going to Shady Gators and he said no. Oh. You probably got to get there like 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, right. Tell him he's disowned How from is the he not going pack. to Shady Gators? <laughs> I want to go to Shady Gators. All right, Pat, your concerns about uh, poaching. My concerns are not quite as elevated as the coaches are. We All we are going to hear between now and the implementation of these rules and the changes of these rules is just nonstop bitching from all of these <laughs> coaches because they don't want these rules to happen. So we are we are deep in bitching season, you know. We had this. We had, I, I, you know, Mac Brown saying that Bubba Cunningham came and talked to his team about Name, image, and likeness, and supposedly, according to Max, Sam Howell, the star quarterback, stood up and said, I, I don't like it because I'll be getting paid more than the other guys in the locker room, and that's going to be bad for the locker room. Please. <laughs> you know, it's like that story. Just gonna, on, we got a backup on that story. That is the funniest story I've read lately. <laughs> Mac Brown says his quarterback is worried about getting paid more than the other guys in the room, and Mac Brown lacks the awareness to note he gets paid more than everyone in the room. <laughs> yeah, by far. Does everyone in North Carolina get paid the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if Max making the same as the track coach. <laughs> this or the will field hockey. All coach. of a sudden our locker room will be just like every other workforce in America. <laughs> How will this happen? Or on these other teams, cuz there are walk-ons in that locker room too, by the way, but on these yeah. other teams everyone's getting paid different cuz they don't Full scholarship these sports. It's the oh. dumbest argument of all of their dumb arguments, and they're so clueless they keep using it. Yeah, no, I mean that that point is the best of all is that the coach, the head coach of a revenue program, is paid so much more than anyone else, usually on the entire campus in the state. They're the highest yeah, paid guy, right. public in the guy state. In the state, state employees, and they're sitting there. Yeah, are are you worried because the guy that the, you know the transportation driver for the for the state trucks is is making so much less than you, Mac? He may not be able to go to work and drive the truck well. Are you kidding? I mean, it's astounding. Uh, and this to me is again, it's it, it, we're, this this cloud of complaining that we're going to get because. Football and basketball are going to be held to the exact same standards as all the other college sports in terms of compensation, as you said, uh, scholarships. And again, knowing a lot about that world, 
The kids that are on the, the teams with partial scholarships and walk-ons don't all sit around the locker room complaining, oh, well, she's on a full ride, he's on a full ride, and I'm not. They all get along, and it's fine. It works out fine. It would work out fine in a football compensation, too. And then, secondly, yeah, the transfer thing, yes, everybody's going to be able to transfer just like in every other sport. And it hasn't seemed to completely wreck those sports. They have gone on just fine. This tampering stuff has go, it's been, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, people are acting like tampering just started. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this has been going on for decades. And this idea where, oh, they're calling the high school coach to see if he's happy. Really? Imagine that. Here's how it's gone on for 100 years. You call the high school coach to say, hey, you know, I want to check on that junior you got. You know, he looks pretty good. Want to see if we are involved in, oh, you know. Yeah, Johnny, that you sent over there to state. Yeah, how's he doing? Um, you know, because boy, we 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 could sure love a, a a a slot receiver if he's if he's interested. I mean, that 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 has been happening, and now all of a sudden we're drumming this up like this is this new malady spreading across the land. It just kills me. I was talking to a coach uh, yesterday who who had a great point, and uh, if there's one like eternal truism for the portal, it's this. Like, it was it's so obvious that the poaching has happened it's happened for so long and god bless mac brown but like somebody at unc has to tap him on the shoulder and be like it's not 1952 anymore mac the world's changed change with it the coach said this he said this is just really how commonplace tampering has become he said i always tell kids don't go in the portal till you have a place to go like don't enter the portal because there's gonna be a thousand kids and this can be another off-season pod that we talk about, but there's going to be giant roster log jams coming. And there are right now over a thousand kids in the portal. They don't have anywhere to go. So if you just jump in the portal wishing and hoping, you are stupid. You are not reading the environment correct. The only reason you should enter the transfer portal is if you have a commitment from a school that you can go there. Now, there's an occasional time where a kid goes in the portal and his value is even higher. Like, I don't think Jameson Williams from Ohio State went in the portal thinking he was going to end up at Alabama, right? Maybe he did, but that 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 seemed to me to be an opportunity that arose after. But kids should not get in the transfer portal until they have a confirmed back-channel destination. Because if you don't have a confirmed back-channel destination, there's a really good chance you don't have anywhere to go. And we are going to see thousands of kids, thousands of kids, stuck without scholarships this year. And some of this is like, boring counter rule stuff that I, that I won't bore you with. Some of it is because super seniors are back and, and, and rosters are jammed up. But there are a bunch of schools who are under 85 right now. And shame on the NCAA for basically holding these scholarship schools to these scholarship limits and like letting kids just sort of dangle in the wind without a scholarship. Now, they were certainly naive to go in the portal without a destination in mind. But I really think that we're going to have to see some serious roster reform, which, again, is boring in the weeds stuff. Not, that's not what people are here for. They're here for golf and guys peeing on the streets. But, like, the, the, the there is – we are going to have to see some change to adapt with the new environment of college football, which is transferring. And there are, in pretty much every Power 5 office now, people in charge of watching lower levels – like, you know how, like, the Patriots have a guy who, who watches yeah. all these other schools. And we'd be really naive to think there weren't dudes doing this before. You know, this is this is a five, seven-year-old yeah. uh, trend that's just sort of manifesting itself now. Right. I I, I don't want to completely denigrate the story. It was a very good story. Yes. I mean, they put a lot of nope. work in to talk story. to a lot of people and everything. But 
but uh, any idea that this was brand new, I think is, is a little bit off there. And that's, I mean, I've sat in a high level, uh, basketball coaches office. I want to say like seven years ago, six years ago. And he had stat sheets for like three lower, like George Washington and UNC Asheville and somebody else with names circled on there. It's like, okay, who can we go get? You know, and this, this, that was then. I, you, if you don't think that there are staffers that are devoted 100% to that, I mean, that's definitely been happening. I just think, you know, uh, and again, I agree. The story's fine. It reflects what these coaches are saying. Yeah. And so the story's, story's fine. The concept, I mean, think about how life works. I don't care what job you're at. If you do a good job at it, somebody else is going to sit there and say, hey, you should come over and work at our place. It might even be a coworker or a friend of yours. Say, hey, yeah. you ever think about coming to our place? We're, we're offering uh, X. I don't care if it's you're at McDonald's and there's Burger King and the Burger King goes up to 1350 an hour. And you're like, hey, right. Like poaching. That's not poaching. That's just called freedom. You have the freedom <laughs> to hear that maybe you got a better offer somewhere else. It's called America. It's free markets. It's what do we oh my gosh, he may all of a sudden understand because that's the thing. They want to control all information on the, they want to control. If you sign a, and 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 it also goes to, they're not giving a good enough deal. Now, if you sign a contract and you're going to stay for, I signed a contract for four years. I can't leave. Well, if the contract's over, get, you know, ever go over, give me a call. People have agents. They have recruiters. They, this is how America works. Coaches sure as hell do this. Are you telling me that oh, yeah. when the last time, you know, whoever's at a job and goes, boy, you know, uh, I met this guy who happens to be a trustee at, I don't know what, some SEC school. And, hey, you know, yeah, well, this is how I do it. And yeah, if you ever, you ever looking for a cup, co- I mean, come on, this is how yeah. it works. And it's also the players and, and these other people, like, what, what are we talking about? You're trying to inspire uh, I don't know what communism or something like that, or Mar- I, I don't even know what it is. It's like, just let the, if, if some kids make bad decisions, well, tough break. Some, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the same number of scholarships out there. It'll all shake out. It's just going to shake out differently. But the idea that you're mad that someone might understand that they have other options in life and that somehow this commitment you made to our team is binding, even though we don't pay you and it's not binding because I can cut you and I can leave. And all this other stuff is just unbelievable. And I will say this again, nothing against the story. There will be a large swath of fans that will buy this stuff hook, line and sinker and not look at it and go, would you like it at your job? If your boss could control and make sure nobody ever talks to you about possibly taking another job. Yeah. Well, a lot, you know what? A lot of broadcast places have those no compete clauses, and I think they suck. <laughs> there are there are in the yeah. local TV markets, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So you yeah. can't you can't be the star anchor at channel, you know, six and then jump to channel seven and right. right. Yeah, those are. But at least those are adults that sign those deals. Yeah, right, right. Yes. <clears throat> Actually, I, I had one of those with the SPN that there, it took some maneuvering to get around that so I could go to work with you schlubs at Yahoo. <laughs> oh. They're scared Fire of us. the lawyers They're scared who, of us. who got that done. They're like, um, the uh, SPN's terrified I, I thought Pat brought a, up a good point earlier. The pearl clutching in football, that this will be the offseason of football transfer pearl clutching. 
I think we're a little bit rolling our eyes about it because basketball has been about a decade ahead of the curve, maybe a little less than a decade, Pat. Is that about right? Like we've just seen this happen. The world marched on. Tampering was rampant, has been rampant. They do it through the AAU coach. The earning your way up. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget one of the moments when I was like, well, this isn't going away. The head coach at Sacred Heart told me that he used in his recruiting pitch to guys, hey, come here for two years. We'll develop you and you'll go to the Big East. Like that was how endemic like the up transfer had become to low major basketball, that guys can go do that. So I really think it will be eventually embraced by a group of five football that, hey, if you come to Sunbelt School X and star for two years, we'll get you there. It it, it took a little while for that to happen in basketball, but now it's just sort of commonplace and accepted. I really feel like we'll see that that again. Um, I just went through a little football tour of the Carolinas and an interesting point somebody made to me at a lower level that I stopped by that that I thought was worth worth repeating was coach said, do we really like want to promote our guys for like all freshman league team? Because – the lazy schools are just going to look at the all league teams and, and start, you know, start picking off them. Yeah, He's like, it's like, do we, do we just kind of, you know, if Johnny doesn't make, you know, the, the left guard doesn't make all, you know, all obscure conference first team rookie. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's losing any sleep. It's not going to affect his professional future. <laughs> like they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're circling the wagons to protect their, uh, to protect their roster. I thought that was a very interesting point. That would be interesting. No more special team yeah. player of the week. Yes. Like, don't let anyone yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nominate, like, just Unfortunately, there's the video out guys. there of all of it. <laughs> it's going to be messy. It's going to be a little different. But I cannot, in good conscience, ever argue against, like, a, a grown adult having the freedom to do something. I just can't. I don't right. know how I can possibly argue that, even if it's going to be different. Um, the other thing that, like, we saw this this kind of transformation. Remember when they used to be able to block all the schools you could go oh, to? God. And you'd get oh, these yeah. ridiculous, like, worst. 35 school lists. Yeah. And it's like some kid from Miami has to basically go to, like, you know, Purdue's the closest place he can go. They just wipe out conference. <laughs> and then you had the, inter- the interconference, which I never thought made sense as a conference. Because if right. you, you don't want to, you want to keep your talent. As a conference, right. you don't want to screw over the other ones. Like, and now that's that's gone away. So you're going to see those kids at Alabama. Don't make them go to the ACC that didn't make the team. Let them go to another SEC team. They might be pretty good. So yeah. I'm I'm in favor of freedom for the for the parents and players and all of that stuff. And if these very well paid football coaches have to work a little harder. Uh, cry me a river. That was always one. I thought one of the worst rules was that that where they could tell you where you couldn't go after you left their school. I just thought that was complete garbage. Remember Bo Ryan? Bo Ryan became the face of that one summer. Like, just, oh, <laughs> like the perfect self-aware jerk, yeah. like epitomizing an awful rule. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it was like, and it was like, well, we, you know, we got we're gonna play them. You know, we might play them in the uh, right in the Maui Classic next year. Like, really? <laughs> Like your entire program is going to fall apart because a, a little used sophomore backup point guard is going to tell all your secrets to someone you might see in the losers bracket of the Maui yeah. Classic. When all your secrets are obvious, especially when you're Bo Ryan running the swing offense, and you don't do anything different. Everybody knows what you are doing; you just do it really well. But Jared Utah, if he goes to Iowa, I think that was yeah, the guy. Yeah, it was. All, everything falls apart. Everything falls apart. It's like, what yeah. are we doing here? Like, yeah, okay. 
Like, honestly, the NBA, NFL, they figure a way. Um, so anyway, that's it. All right. Let's talk about this. Uh, we, I've been meaning to get to this because we, we vowed to, to hype this to the end. Uh, Arch Manning, the great Arch Manning. Mm, yes. Uh, sophomore right now. Soon to be a rising junior. I don't know when school ends at Isidore Newman in New Orleans. But um, it's considered uh, one of the top five players in his recruiting class. The number one quarterback probably in that recruiting class. Recently, uh, his father, Cooper, who played briefly at, at Ole Miss and is a, is a great guy. I remember during the Peyton Manning last Super Bowl, Cooper Manning even, I think, held a press conference. They were handing out quote <laughs> sheets of Cooper Manning. <laughs> Cooper's such a good quote that the NFL yeah, he's fantastic. was handing out quotes. Yeah, we got a quote sheet here from Cooper. Like, he doesn't even play in the league. Mm. That's all right. Thank you. Um, great guy. His son is is phenomenal. You want to watch some video. It's, pre- it's pretty good. Uh, we'll see how good he is. I do feel bad for the kid, but I'm going because he has to live up to his brother, his uncles who come on four Super Bowls between them. But that's all right. I'm going to pile on. Uh, I'm a vulture. So... Cooper, uh, Arch has five visits scheduled for June. These are unofficials, right? Unofficial visits? I think they're unofficials. Yeah, unofficials. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, SMU, and Texas. Uh, They're kind of doing like the college road trip thing, which I can totally see. Right. Just, sounds like fun. Yeah, sounds like a good go. time. The Manning Manning guys are doing it. Uh, This is from Cooper. He's especially interested in doing a Stanford-USC swing. And a Notre Dame Ohio State swing. Uh, he told this to, I don't want to give the quotes, 24 7 sports Steve uh, Wiltfong. It may be hard to get all that done in June, but he's enjoyed talking to these guys as well. On the heels of that, I think there will be a time he wants to see Virginia and North Carolina too. Uh, those are the list right now. That's nine schools and an LSU he's already been to many. So it's kind of an right. unofficial top 10. Uh, LSU pretty much always gets the, the best player in state. Sully had a note that they got everybody since uh, 2012, but they don't get everybody from in-state, the number one player. Uh, Namely, uh, Devonta Smith is from Louisiana. Seems to be, oh, Sully's got a Tennessee in there too. I've I've seen no recorded proof that, <laughs> is this just like fervent fever dream wishful thinking? Uh, Ole Miss and Tennessee. It makes sense. Could be an old Miss. He'll go to Ole Miss. Tennessee, probably, but. We'll see. The hype train is not stopping anytime soon. They're going to put up 70 points. They might give up 70 points next year, too, but they're going to put up 70 points. Quarterbacks are going to come. Ole Miss. We'll put Ole Miss in Tennessee. So basically the uncles, because of pre-existing relations, they could pay, well, pretty much now anyone pay anything they want. But does does he just sit down? It's like a poker game and says, which one of you two? Eli, Eli and, how much do you got? Uncle Eli Peyton, and Peyton are competitive, got? right? And as you're Cooper, is there anything better than being the third brother and watching your two other brothers <laughs> pay your son? <laughs> I mean, that's like the greatest hey. older brother bit is going. Like, you two hey. schmucks, you pay my kid to pick a school. Pull grandpa in too, man. Look, I, see, Archie, he's too smart. Archie's in. too smart. He'll just be like, well, yeah. just pick the right place. Because it's... <laughs> His wife will kill him if she. Yeah, he'll just. Yeah. He's too supportive. Uh, yeah. But I could see yeah. Eli and Peyton bidding supportive. war here. <laughs> so you got a shot, Sully. You got a shot. But then they, what about Duke? Because really, Peyton's kind of as loyal to Duke now, and, and they both cut are. Cliff. Cut. They both are. All right. So 
Thoughts on the Arch Manning recruiting, Pete? Well, I'll start with this. Do we think David Cutcliffe is still at Duke? So he's a rising junior, Arches, correct? Mm -hmm. Do we think David Cutcliffe's still at Duke when he enrolls in school in 23? I would say no. Do we think Ed Orgeron is still the coach at LSU in 23? I would say coin flip. Tennessee, has Tennessee pulled itself out of the morass by then? Hopefully, for Sully's sake, we don't want to go prematurely gray. Um, <laughs> is, Lane, is Lane Kiffin still dealing at, uh, dealing at Ole Miss? I'll say this. Like, we, we take some jabs at Lane Kiffin, and we certainly enjoy his shenanigans. That'd be a heck of a fun offense to play in if I was, you know, if I, if I was a quarterback. Like, that is, you know, you won't win a national title. You're, you know, you're going to give up. It's designed to give up, score 70 and give up 60. But, man. That's a fun offense. Do If you are Arch, do you want to get away? Do you carve your own path? Do you go to Stanford, which I thought was interesting? Do you go to Notre Dame and collide the Notre Dame brand with a Manning brand? Can you just imagine? That would make uh, Oof. Jimmy Clausen, Ron Meyer. Who is the uh, – he's the – Paulus. Ron, Ron Paulus, yeah. Ron he's Paulus. the office guy there now. That would make the Ron Paulus yeah. to Notre Dame seem like quaint. There, there would certainly that would be a fascinating collision. Do you go to Ryan Day, who spins off first round quarterbacks and go live in the city of Columbus? There's a million people there and be a little bit maybe anonymous. Get out of the get out of the footprint of your uh, of, of your family. I mean, fascinating, right? All the options are there. USC, USC, you go there oh, yeah. and yeah. you're not that big of a star. Yeah. If that's what yep. you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. mean, I don't care how big a football college football player you are. It's still L.A. Um, how about this? Is Nick Saban there in two years? Now he's 71. I guess he is. He'll be 71 years old before you play for him. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And then does he stay for yeah. the three years theoretically you'd play? Yeah. And yeah. I'll double down on Stanford. You think about Tiger Woods goes there. Michelle Wee goes there. John McEnroe went there back in the day. I, I remember visiting Andrew Luck there, who really appreciated the anonymity. I mean, Brooke Forty went there. I mean, imagine having the shadow of yeah. being Pat as your dad, and you just need to escape that. Yeah. So you yeah. go you go away. They said like Chelsea Clinton yes. went there. Like president's <laughs> right. kids yeah. go yes. there. Yeah. It's yeah. they can they can handle yeah. they can absorb the 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 fame. Yes. Yeah. Even Brooke did. So it's yeah. Brooke managed. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I think it's really interesting that that he is ready to look outside of you know what I think we all thought would be the 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 southeastern traditional footprint for a Manning. Um, so cool, good for him. Go check it out. And, uh, you know, we'll see when it gets down to to actual official visits and that sort of thing a year later or whenever it's going to be. But I, what a great list! I mean, like I, I'm excited. I would love to go do this college tour yeah. with them, just watch and, and walk along with them because what a bunch of great schools and great places. The uh, yeah, the idea of 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 like a Manning at a place like a USC or a Notre Dame, woo! That 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 kind of boggles the mind a little bit, or an Ohio State, even for that matter, where you you are combining major brands between the last name and the school and the football and and all that, but. Uh, this is going to be really fun to see it uh, play out. I I will predict this. As, as much as Arch Manning, I'm sure, loves football and will love the idea of doing this, if he's actually going to do those five visits and try to get in Stanford, USC, and Notre Dame, Ohio State, he's going to be really bored by the end of June. <laughs> He'll be walking around these campuses like, 
oh my gosh, this is my ninth campus. I, I can't keep them all straight. And the coaches are just going to be like falling all over themselves to impress him. And he's going to be like, I'm, I'm ready to go home, dad. Let's go. They're all nice. That's the thing. They're all yeah. nice. Yeah. They're all nice. Um, yeah, we got to, he could team up with Spencer James at UCLA. So I got a, uh, when I did my little Carolinas tour, uh, I'm doing a story on Sam Howell, the very good quarterback in North Carolina. And this is one of the funnier anecdotes about a recruiting visit that I've, that I've ever heard that will probably be like two sentences in my story, but it, but it's kind of more. So Sam Howell decommits from Florida state. So he's like the all time leading passer. He breaks Chris Leak's record in the state of North Carolina. He's a really good prospect. He could end up being the number one pick in the draft next year, the whole thing. So Sam Howell decommits in early December and then basically has to find a place to go to enroll early. So there's this very compressed time frame for Sam Howell to uh, to, to pick a school. So and it's an open period. So the whole world descends on the Charlotte area in terms of everybody who needs a quarterback is flying in. So there's a day at Sun Valley High School, I believe, where Mac Brown is there. Mark Richt is there. Urban Meyer is there with all their assistants. And so our pod friend, uh, Eli Drinkowitz, the uh, mischievous one, shows up. And he's at NC State at the time as the OC. And uh, I think it's right before I got the app job. So he shows up and he just, you know, says, oh, man, nobody's got any attention to me today. Right. Like Urban Meyer's here. The, the Tad Bauckham, the coach, his wife is like giddy to meet Urban Meyer and, and Mac Brown's holding court and drink what's looking around like oh, this is going to work. So he goes into Tad Bauckham's office, who's been a coach in the county in Charlotte for 31 years. And there's a picture. He's been around long enough where he sent a picture. He sent a player to Mac Brown his first time around. There's a picture of Mac Brown with black hair. So if we, any of us ever remember Mac Brown having dark hair? No. So it, it's with one of his former players. So Drinkwitz <laughs> takes one of his business cards out, his own business cards, and has his headshot on it. And he cuts out a picture of himself and he tapes it over Mac Brown's face <laughs> on the picture in the coach's wall in his office. <laughs> and then he just leaves. <laughs> It's just like it's just like this sucks. I'm out of here. No one's paying attention to me. So the UNC coaches go sit in his office and they start dying laughing because there's like Drinkwitz's mug taped over a black and white picture of Mac Brown from 1988. So yeah, it was a good story. It's probably not particularly relevant to anything, it. but it was the funniest thing I learned on my trip. So I remember hearing this one, uh, Steve Smith at uh, Oak Hill, yeah. the uh, basketball great guy. in Virginia. Great guy. And he's seen it all. He told me this story once. He said they were, I can't remember the player. So, and this was, a, the story was old. It was when Patino was at Kentucky. Oh, wow. And they had many players. So who knows if they might even be even recruiting against each other. But Patino's there. They're at the, he drives uh, to the airport, drives Patino back to the airport. He came in on a private jet. And they're at the airport and, Bob Knight lands in a plane from Indiana hmm. and then he's going to drive Bob Knight. So they're all there and Knight gets out of his plane and Patino's there and, and the Indiana plane's bigger than the Kentucky plane. And Knight goes, what kind of, what kind of plane is that, Rick? <laughs> My plane's bigger than your plane or something like that. And he said, Rick just like shrunk. He's just like all mad that Bob Knight had a bigger plane and Knight just a, such a pain in the ass. He's just grilling oh, him yeah. on it. And Steve Smith is like, oh, my God, what is going on here? So, yeah, I can only imagine. Put the picture up. All right. One more interesting story here uh, from the world of recruiting. Jaden Blue. Jaden Blue is a four star running back, uh, ranked 62nd nationally. 
in uh, the country. He hails from uh, Klein Kane High School in Houston, Texas, and he is committed to uh, the Texas Longhorns. And in a somewhat interesting thing, he says he's sitting out his senior year of high school, won't play because of the wear and tear of playing running back. Uh, he's going to train, prepare to enroll early at Texas and save save his reps for the college level. Worth noting in many, many other high school sports, I think probably Pat can speak to this, the best athletes don't play high school sports anymore. So if you're a great soccer player, you are not playing high school soccer in most of the country. We've seen um, the basketball go this route where kids are, are, are creating their own kind of super leagues, high schools, or you go to Oak Hill. You don't play like just the local high school, whether it's um, Amani Bates out at Ypsilanti or literally Oak Hill. And th that Oak Hill and a bunch of other schools are creating their own kind of just division of high school basketball. Don't play. You're at West High School. Don't play East. They'll just hack you and the games, are, you don't get any development. But Jaden Blues is basically sitting out in football. Rarely see this in football, which still has a, a, a cultural impact in in high school sports in, in, in communities around the country. Your thoughts on this? Are you, if you are Texas coaches, are you, do you like this? Or because it's like forward thinking and you're going to get a fresher player and you're not risking anything? Or are you a little concerned about competitiveness? I don't know. Just your thoughts on it. Pat, you want to go first? And I, I'm guessing sure. high school swimming wasn't a big deal for your kids. They, I think they all did it, but that wasn't their focus, right? Right. They didn't know. They didn't. They, yeah, that was not their focus. They didn't practice with the high school team, but they still practiced and competed like on a regular schedule. Like this guy apparently is not going to compete in football. Like he's not going to be tackled and to run through tackles and outrun people. And, you know, it's so my, here's my concern is like, I hope he's the best running back going. Like, I, I mean, I hope he is, his stock is undamageable because I don't think this is an idea that is a great idea on the face of it. And if you're Texas, you are probably sitting there saying, okay, Hey, you know, whatever you think is best for you in the back, in the background, you're going, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. This kid's going to go a year without playing football. And he, and he expect to come in here and be ready. I not, you know, I just don't think that it works that well. I think that they, they are applying professional standards to a 17 year old here, which happens more and more often in youth sports is we are, we are commoditizing him as a running back who can only take so many reps and so many hits until he's eventually going to be done. And we want to save those until he gets paid. Okay, fine. But can, I mean, maybe Adrian Peterson could have done that coming out of high school and some other guys, is this guy to the point where he can just say, I'm going to take a year off and then I'm going to walk into the university of Texas, which will presumably be on an ascending, ascending climb here and, I, and I'm just going to walk in and all of a sudden I'm going to be ready for contact and I'm going to be ready to take on everybody and blah, 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 blah. Maybe he will, but I would not, I would look at it as somebody who is thinking too many steps ahead and not taking care of being as good as you can be now and next year at Texas. My primary emotion is I feel bad for the kid. Like he's not in some like random Dakota. Like he's in the state of Texas. The ultimate epitome of where high school football matters. It resonates in the community. It matters deeper and more in Texas than anywhere in the country. I don't think, I mean, you could maybe argue Florida or some other, some other places in the, in the Southern footprint, but boy, does high school football matter in Texas. So again, 
I can't say I've looked at his like injury medicals and I know everything specifically about Jaden Blue's case, but I just miss it for him. Like, oh, I feel off. Like, wouldn't you want to go out there for your school, for your community, for for everything? Um, I don't again, I don't know and have not dug into the specifics of this case, but I do know this that we have seen a paradigm shift in the last 10 years in high school football generally from the high school coaches sort of having control power being the voice for their players to trainers and seven on seven coaches doing so and I, I i do wonder if when we look back at this in five years if we do see some of this shift there's some logical trickle down why this could happen right look at what nick bosa did at ohio state look at all the opt-outs last year and the highest of high-end ones really didn't get impacted uh, we went over it after the uh, after the draft on the uh, on the pod so from an emotional standpoint, I don't understand it. But from a functionality standpoint, as you look at the trend lines over the sport, to me, it makes uh, to me it makes sense. I don't necessarily like it. I doubt Sark and those guys like it. You want guys who want to compete, who want to win, who understand and embrace the environment that they're in. You can still enroll early. There's something injury-wise that that is lingering that we don't know about. But just declaring the opt-out, I, I, I don't know how... At 17, you can't learn. You're going to tell me this kid has blitz pickup mastered. You're going to tell me he's like the most proficient back coming out of the field, catching the ball. All those things that you hear about when you get a star freshman running back. Shoot, we heard about him at Bijan Robinson, right? This kid's not as good as Bijan Robinson. Like all those aspects you need to learn when you arrive at a place like Texas. You're going to tell me he can't refine and get better at those with a year of high school football, with a year of the best competition. I, I'm real skeptical of that. Yeah, like I get it intellectually it's a little like saying my goal is the nfl and i'm nick bosa and i know i'm i've 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 used college football for what i it, my goal is and i'm now ready to go and basically he's saying i've used high school football for what i want to do which is get a scholarship to the university of texas so now it is no longer part of it uh so i i get it as a business decision i mean this is a 6a high school this is the biggest these, this is where you're playing Allen and Odessa Permian and Midland and, you know, just legendary stuff and, and all the great all the all the great recruiting uh, places, Plano. I don't know. They make movies about this stuff. Yeah, they make movies. I mean, they play it, the TV ratings on it are massive. They play it. The, you know, if you can make the finals, you're a legend in the state. And, you know, even if you just make, uh, you know, boy, we beat South Lake Carroll in that that, you know, regional game or area game and made regionals or whatever it is. I don't quite know how all of the, the uh, UIL down works down there. I don't know. Like it's, I, it's like you want to play football or not. I mean, one of the things you, they always ask is, do you love football? So very, very interesting. I don't think it's going to be a huge trend, but certainly something, something to be seen. And it'll be interesting to track him. There's a lot of great high school football players who don't make it as college football players and like yeah. if you're putting all your eggs in the basket and all you're getting out of out of sport is the end goal, like you're I, I just think you're you might be missing out on a lot of fun stuff, which to me would be That's, if you're a great football player and you love playing football, trying to win the state. I mean, I'm looking, they went eight and three last year, uh, five and one in their district. They're they, uh, you know, I mean, they got a good team. Uh, they're in District 15-6A. I love Texas, man. It's so big. <laughs> <laughs> you need a accounting degree to follow this thing. 
But um, I mean, you know, they beat. But uh, looks like they made it a little ways in the playoffs. They lost to Spring Westfield. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to figure this out. Anyway, we a kind of weird story to me. Um, but yeah, I, I get it. But it's like, I just think, I just know like watching youth sports now. There's so much focus on the end game, and it's like if more people just were like, well, are we having fun today? Are we getting right. exercise today? Are we getting competitive today? Are we having building relationships today? I don't care what team I'm on. I don't care what relation, uh, what, where this is heading, what we're ranked, what we're, what we're just like anything other than today. And, and, and so much of you sports have lost that. So I can't, I don't know. Kind of interesting. That's it. I just no, I hate to see it drop point. to the high school level, I guess. But yes. No, that is the point. The, the, maybe the, smart though. there. Well, maybe. But what's the what are you giving up along the way? And that's is parents, it's is almost all parent driven, sometimes third party driven, but is is that we are going, you know, we're not going to think about actually having fun as a child in competing in a sport as a teenager. It's everything has to be building towards the payday or the college scholarship, or you're going to go do this, you're going to go do that, as opposed to actually just enjoying each step of the process. And I think that has just been a really, really bad trend um, in American youth sports. And it's not just football and basketball, and it's not just you know some third-party strength coach that came in or an agent and got their hooks into a kid. It's parents of soccer players and lacrosse players and – Swimmers and volleyball players and everything else. It's like we've got to do everything we can to you so you can get that scholarship. And I just think that it's become very uh, toxic for these young people trying to go through it. It puts way too much pressure on them, for one thing. Let me ask you a question, Pat, because you're in a very interesting position here. I imagine you try to guard against that with Brooke, where everything's like she can make the Olympics. And it's like the Olympics is such a it's one goal, but that's it. Cause you have all the, a lot of Olympic athletes are very depressed after the Olympics. All oh, it is yeah. is the Olympics. And it's like, well, how about I did awesome in high school. I'm, I'm a Stanford swimmer. Like, I mean, there's a whole me- I won the local meet. I was, you know, whatever the heck you did, mm-hmm. how much have you had to guard against that? Cause I imagine pretty early on people were saying, can she make the Olympics? And it's almost like, well, okay, maybe, sure. but man, yeah. too, you know, a lot of things can happen that you don't doesn't mean that's it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we're going to Olympic trials in like two and a half weeks, and I, the odds are still not in her favor to make the team. Uh, we don't talk about it. We do not discuss it. Like, you know, and it's one of those things where, yeah, you could kind of start seeing it on the horizon. In 2015, she made her first junior national team and competed internationally. And how old was she then? 16? 16 years old, you know. Uh, but still, you know, I, we had friends that, uh, a couple who've, who've had a kid who made the Olympic team last time in 2016, but, and the mom was an Olympian. She was in our wedding and everything. And, and I remember the dad saying, we don't talk about it. It's too big. It's too big. You know, like you just don't put the focus there. And so we, we l- largely have not talked about it. Brooke doesn't want to talk about it. You know what she wants? She wants to have, be part of a team. And that's, that's been her whole thing. That's why she's really enjoyed Stanford and college swimming. Uh, and why she's going to do a fifth year next year is because she wants to go back and be part of a team. It's like the the pressure and everything else of trying to make the Olympic team is not very enjoyable. It is for some people. 
not necessarily for her and probably for a lot of others. So, I mean, the Olympic trial meet, people have said, is just so incredibly pressure-packed that it is a miserable experience for a lot of the people that are there. I've been to the, the gymnastics trial. Now, the gymnastics team this year, the United States gymnastics team, the United States has about my, I'm, ju I'm just guessing, I've not combed through it, but having covered gymnastics for years at the Olympic level, we probably have 30, 40, well, we might have 100 people who could compete at the Olympics and beat somebody, maybe yeah. more. Um, and these are the ones that are so damn good, they make that level. And only four will make the team this year. And one of them, Simone Biles. So the rest <laughs> of America is fighting for three spots. And you have to base, other than Simone Biles and an occasional other athlete like Allie Raceman, you get one shot at the Olympics and one shot only because of the way gymnastics works. And I have been at those trials and you watch, now they used to have five, now they're going to have four. But it, you, you watch number six and it, 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 it's just unbelievable. You're the sixth best yeah gymnast in the best gymnastics country in the world you probably would finish 10th or 11th at the olympics and you don't get on the team and people are disappointed and you yeah. just feel like god i mean you're all nba you're you know like you are an nba all-star for 14 years and you're the sixth best basketball but it's just unbelievable how the olympics oh my god so yeah yeah, enjoy. And I, I I don't know whether they're crushed or not, but I do know press, the, the, the depression after these Olympic sports oh. is immense because it's like there's Absolutely only real. one thing. And it's like, ah, who cares, man? Like, it, you know, they, they used to joke the women's gymnastics team and the United States would have finished if, if, if they would have finished one, two, three. They had the three best gymnasts last time. And when Raceman came in silver uh, behind Simone Biles, the other this other. Uh, gymnast Lori Hernandez, who would have beaten, could have actually beaten Raceman and she gotten a chance, maybe. So basically, she goes, You want, you're the best in the world because Simone doesn't count because we can't compete with her. <laughs> so, like, it, but it's like, don't feel bad about Silver. She doesn't count. But yeah. that's like where you're yeah. at. Like, everything is this once a four year. Holy crap. Like, this pressure. Pressure. Well, you know, Dan, the, the good thing for Pat when he goes to Oman in a couple of weeks is he's a paragon of composure under pressure. I mean, we hear it on the podcast week after week. There's no emotion <laughs> in his voice. He's just feel he's bad flatlined. Though. He's like the, you know, he's the he's the guy with the poker face at all times. So I'm sure Pat is really equipped oh, to, yeah. to handle this well. Oh, I feel That's... bad for you, man. I really do. <laughs> The rest of the family's going to handle it a lot better than I am. Let's just uh, say that, no matter what happens. That is just, a, that is, I mean, you have a wonderful family and great kids, and I know you're immensely proud. That's just a tough man. All right, circling back to golf. What the hell? Yeah. Not that college golf. It's, where it's May. I did find out that they, that why they canceled that, that golf of, that golf tournament. So oh, they yeah. Were, they were saying they were going to have to rig up enough hole. so like there was standing water all over this course at lsu supposedly and the people that ran it now you can if you have standing water you could make a par four par three set up some temporary tea there's ways to do it uh you know it's not ideal they said they had to do so many it would have been like a par 65 i still would have gone for it but that was the, yeah i did get an answer on that so i did want to relay okay. that interest Good. of fairness eh, tough call Anyway, speaking of golf, so Brooks uh, Kepka came in second over the weekend, but a video emerged this week of of uh, him doing an interview and Bryson DeChambeau, who is uh, I, I don't know how quite to describe him, but he's this muscle bound, 
maniacal former SMU golfer. He, 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 he's very scientific of mind. He's got all these different strategies on how to play. He wants a, a single length club for all the clubs. He, he's very, very interesting. He's very, very in your face. Uh, he rubs many, many people completely the wrong way, including most of the other golfers. Pretty much most people hate him. Naturally, I like him. <laughs> Is he so- Hey, he's interesting. He's interesting. Golf needs villains. We need villains, right? When you can script sports like the WWE, there's a villain and there's a hero, right? That's how it works. So you need a break. So there's this great picture of Brooks Kepka just rolling his eyes at Bryson DeChambeau, and it, it just illustrates how many of these golfers absolutely hate this guy. And so we were wondering, is there, because we, we need these dudes, is there a a Bryson DeChambeau in college football. Is there a coach that all the other coaches just, or at least some of them, roll their eyes and hate? And can we get more of them? Because that's what we need. (laughs) I don't want all these guys fat and happy, making their millions of dollars, joking around. I want want some anger. I want some fights. Who is it? Who is the DeChambeau? Me, I I think it's Lane Kiffin. I mean, I I want Lane to live up to his potential as a colossal jerk that everybody dislikes. (laughs) He's close, but he's got to win some more games. You know, come on, Lane, be the heel, be the heel. I I think he can get there. This year's team is going to give him a good chance. They can win a lot of games. He can be cocky. He can talk trash to everybody. And it's funny, one of the people that he loves to stick the needle into a little bit is Saban. And Saban's just like, you can say what you want, man. I'm still kicking your ass on the field. So if that ever changes, if Kiffin ever beats Saban, then we could really have something interesting in that dynamic there. But I think I think I'm I'm riding with with Lane Kiffin as the guy that can be the DeChambeau of uh, college football. I think the guy who everyone rolls their eyes at is Harbaugh. Now. He hasn't been good enough to like DeChambeau's dominated the tour, right? But I think there was a there was a window there where Harbaugh was relevant early at Michigan, and he was uh, taking foreign trips and satellite camping people to death, and just being a provocateur. That has ended as the offense has gone impotent, the recruiting dried up, and the program basically turned into a shell, as it probably should have. But I do think there were a lot of people amid the college football space who thought Harbaugh was a bit of a fraud and rolled their eyes at him some and just basically were like, really? This guy? Is this guy looking around? So I would think the the, the sort of outsized heel that DeChambeau is, I think Harbaugh played that uh played that role i do want to sneak in my little golf and as dan and pack can tell you i know nothing about golf but on my tour of the carolinas last week i ended up at hall's chop house in charleston pat's been to halls it's one of the great restaurants in america and i ended up kate and i ended up sitting next to joel Dahman, who's a pga tour golfer who won his first event a couple weeks ago and his wife and met them Lovely couple. Joel Dahman failed out of Washington and is a huge college football fan. So we instantly we instantly hit it off. He's a great guy. But as I went, I had not heard of him because I don't know anything about golf. I Googled him that night, and he is kind of like the everyman 
of the tour. And he's like the, the people's champ. He's beaten cancer. And he's really like the, the likable, approachable guy. He shot uh, a fr- or the, on the front nine on Saturday. He shot a 31 and like made a little charge. And his he went, a clip went viral and he raised his arms up and said, are you not entertained as he screamed to the crowd? And he definitely has like a dad bod. So it's like he's like yeah. he's like an everyman guy. And as this DeChambeau stuff went viral last night, I kind of thought, isn't he like positioned perfectly to just needle everybody? Like the tour is so mockable, right? Like just the way it's all constructed and these guys are it's so mockable. So uh, if you are a college football fan uh, like I am looking for someone to root for on the on the PGA tour, uh, Joel Dahman is your uh, is your is your everyman dad bod uh, hero. Yeah. He is good. DeChambeau will tell you he dominated the tour of late. Uh, he has not. Uh, no. He's done well, though. He has one major. Kepka's got four recently and is the best at majors right now. But that's part of the thing. And it's actually kind of funny is Kepka can't stand the sight of DeChambeau, but he's the better player. So it's a little like, you know, it's almost funny. It's like DeChambeau really hasn't beat him. He, he, he did win the U.S. Open in last year, but there's a there's a just a whole element to it. I think it's Harbaugh too, because Harbaugh came in. I think there's got what DeChambeau does is it's like I'm I'm not just a better golfer or I don't work harder, which already drives everyone would drive crazy. I'm smarter than you. Like I work harder and I work smarter than you. You're not as smart as me. I do this, 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 and you don't. You can't even understand that. That's what really gets people uh, you know, angry because it's like, hell no, I'm not. And that's what, that's what Harbaugh was doing. Like, oh, we'll do satellite camps all over. It's like, what are you doing? Like that didn't pan out. We'll, we'll go into Europe. We're having signing with the stars, all the different stuff, but then he abandons them. That's the kind of funny part about Harbaugh. He does like some big thing. And then after one year, he stops and goes and does something else. It's like, well, maybe it'll pan out if you actually do it for five years in a row. But if you only do it once, Nobody remembers. Um, so I would I would say the others, maybe Mike Leach has a little bit of that. I don't know. And uh and and maybe uh the mullet the mullet of Stillwater. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he seems yeah, to get some there. scraps at times. Uh yep. you know. So yep. but we need more. We need but, more. Yeah. So coaches listening. Well, we got your back if you just turn into a complete a-hole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that the Kepka DeChambeau thing. That that could have been Urban and Harbaugh if Harbaugh could have ever beaten him or he could need have to sustained beat him once. any of this. Yeah, then yeah, then right. then it would have been even more. But now it's now yeah. it's like he's like silenced out. He's almost just like he's been neutered by by not beating Ohio State because he hasn't other yeah. than last year he hasn't done that bad. It's no. the thing about Harbaugh. No. Everyone's on him like he's going zero and eleven every year. It's like yeah, right, I mean, right. not no, that it's bad. Just he- but right. they just can't they, be can't beat the big one. Watching just that exchange, that video exchange of you know, DeChambeau mumbling under his breath and crunching by in his metal spikes and Kepka's reaction, I thought immediately, not immediately, but upon reflection of Calipari and Patino, where yeah. like there Calipari go. had gotten so far under Patino's skin, you know, and it was like everything Cal did was partially designed to get under Patino's skin, and it worked. <laughs> By the end, Patino was like miserable even playing Calipari. Calipari was DeChambeau. Now he's like older, more mellow and kind of established. But yeah, he would he would grind Jim Calhoun. He would grind Patino, Jim O'Brien at BC, even Cheney, who eventually tried to strangle him. I mean, like, (laughs) right. Calipari was DeChambeau. He would they just hated. And it was every little thing he did at that point. 
who just, they couldn't stand him. But now, once he got to Kentucky, it was like, I don't need to fight with these guys. They're getting a little older. Uh, it's not, he's not as much fun. Yeah. We need, well, this we makes need, golf, you know, we need, we'll see. I, like, I think he can make a comeback. Just like these type of rivalries <laughs> make college basketball and college football more fun. Like, I love yeah, the pet. Right. I love yeah. the hate. Like, coaches <laughs> really that hate each other, they make the sport so much better, especially when it's like just genuine hatred. Like, I remember like the Kiffin Meyer thing <laughs> from when Kiffin was at Tennessee and, and Urban was at Florida. Like, that was real. That was raw. They, that was like legitimate vitriol that uh went through them that's yep. what makes sports go round it's not like everybody's yeah. you know uh linking arms and singing kumbaya boo that's no fun like i'm gonna watch yeah. more golf I mean, because of that clip in- <laughs> dechambeau brings in view i think he brings in viewers but like th- he annoyed kepka at a at an event where kepka finished second and dechambeau finished 38th <laughs> like <laughs> yeah right and and, yeah. and, and kepka is is a, is rolling his eyes at this guy. It's like I just can't be around. It's fantastic stuff. All right, we'll be back later in the week with more. Please uh, subscribe. Tell your friends. Hit us up on social media. Talk to you then. <laughs>